welcome everyone to today's episode of the Financial Fofu podcast. We are very blessed to have back with us Nick Zaras from Concilium Wealth. It has been over 18 months since we've had Nick on the podcast to the point where I probably didn't explain to him how we record these days very well because um, <laughs> it has been that long. I'm really quite surprised that 18 months, of October 4, 2021, like, wow, hey? It's been a while, but yeah. uh, thank you for having me back in. How are things tracking with you in your world, in insurances, financial planning? Yeah, um, it's been good. Um, we've noticed with a lot of insurances, um, premiums have gone up uh, in prices. Right. So, there has been a bit of, uh, in, in that market, there has been some um, pricing in that area. So, it's always good to sit down with a specialist to have a look at, to see what you've got, currently got mm-hmm. um, and to see exactly um you know, reviewing it and see if we can actually um, reduce the prices, looking at different uh, different companies as well. So, that's probably yeah. an option to look at too, definitely. Okay, cool. Trudy, you had some pretty interesting questions. Um, but first, shall we run through perhaps what for people that haven't listened to um, the previous episode, go back and listen to episode 39 on whatever insurances and what, what on earth are personal insurances is the title of <laughs> that episode. Um, but Nick, do you want to give us a bit of a brief rundown of, of you know, income protection, TPD, trauma, life insurance? Yeah, yeah. so the, but basically there's, uh, there's four main areas of, of, of personal insurance. Uh, there's life insurance, basically death, uh, total permanent disability, if you become um, per- permanent disabled, and there's also trauma. Uh, which is also looked at uh, critical illness. So those three things are pretty much lump sum covers. So you insure yourself for a certain amount of benefit, and yeah. then you receive that benefit if they, if you meet that condition. Uh, the fourth one is income protection. Um, so income protection is is covering yourself for a certain amount of income, and this is such uh, as um, you can cover up to seventy percent of your income, as an example. And then also on top of that income protection. As an additional option is is business expense insurance, so that would be covering. Um, say if you got if you're a sole trader, and you've got overhead that's coming through all the time. Uh, if you become sick or injured, well, what happens if you can't you know produce an income? Then how those overheads get paid off? Uh, is on that a monthly also base. called Cayman insurance? Um, that's a different thing altogether. So Cayman looks at more of um, your, you might have a, a specific person in the in, in your in your business that is a key person that derives that income. Uh, you can look at ca- covering those people as well. So, in a trade based business like a site supervisor, or in a sales business like your key sales and business development manager. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so those, okay. those those type of people. So you'd actually insure them for a specific. So it's not amount. personal insurance. It's insuring them if they have an injury to replace the income that they would generate. Correct. A, yeah, correct. Yeah. So if it, if they become disabled or if they become a traumatic event or something like that, then they would be covered. So well. being a solo operator, which I am with a company, there's no yep. value in me getting key man insurance because I'm mm. the solo operator or the solo solo. Yeah, so you, you wouldn't you wouldn't look at that. So the, what, what I'd be looking at in those two particular in that in that particular scenario, I'd look at an income protection policy. Yeah. So that way you receive the the income that you've been deriving from that, mm-hmm. and then in addition to that, if you have um, a large amount of overhead such as um, rental, you know, leases and things like that, that you might have tools that you're leasing. There's additional things that you put in, such as a, a business expense insurance as well. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. 
Now, look, my first question was why should business owners have this type of insurance? But I think you've kind of already answered that question anyway in explaining <laughs> yeah. what they are. You know, it's really about making sure that you still have some income if something was to happen to to you it's and you're no longer able to, to work. Correct, yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. So if there's a, a business owner, um, it just basically covers their expenses and also brings in the income where they can't derive that income pretty much. Yeah. Now, is there usually like some waiting periods? So if you had an injury and weren't able to work, do you, is it kicking straight away or is it normally you've got to be off work for a set period of time? Yeah, definitely. So with the uh, waiting period, it all depends on, um, you know, the, the shorter the waiting period, you can have 14 days if you wish, okay? Mm-hmm. But the shorter the waiting period, the more it actually costs you more to do it. Um, so, yeah, you okay. can generally have a 14-day, a 30-day, a 60-day or a 90-day wait. So, it depends on, the, on on your needs that they may be. So, if you've got money sitting on the side, you you, you basically, you know, for surplus funds, you may, may want to have a shorter waiting, a longer waiting period to make it more cost-effective to you as well. Yeah. So, just to clarify, the longer the waiting period, usually the cheaper the policy is? Yeah, correct. That's yeah, right. Okay. Yeah. Perfect. Perfect. So then who within a business should be covered? I mean, we did kind of just briefly touch on this, but. Yeah. Who? Sole traders. Definitely yeah. sole traders. Um, if, you're, if, if you're basically a business um, and then if you're not working, if you're just imagine if you're working at the moment, um, you're getting all this income coming through, you're paying your, your, your debts, you're paying your lifestyle, you're looking after your family, say if you've got a family. Now, if your income would stop, what would happen? You know, would you be able to afford your lifestyle and, and, and you know, your cost of living? So anyone in that situ- situation, you definitely need to look at some sort of income protection. What about if you're not, like, working in a business? What if you just have, like, a part-time job or you're a stay-at-home parent? Um, yeah. Should you have income protection or can you have income protection? Well, the minimum requirements generally different insurance covers uh, – Providers generally need to be working at least 20 to 25 hours per week as a minimum. Okay. Okay. Um, if you're working part time, depending on what type of income you've got, do you need it? It's a, yeah, it's, it's up to, yeah, yeah. it's, it's, it's a basic case by case scenario. So if you're in business and you say mm. a husband and wife team, but um, you don't draw a wage from the business, mm-hmm. you can't get income protection, I'm assuming. Correct, yeah. yeah. And then, so uh, these are things people should be considering when they're looking mm-hmm. at how they structure yeah. their, um, their income and wages. And so if um, like one party is the director, so mm-hmm. say the wife is the director mm-hmm. and the husband is technically an employee, so they're not a director of the business, mm-hmm. do mm-hmm. they need to have pay slips? Like how do they need to have, yeah. like, how do they need to get paid? Is it regular payments? So the um, way they access it, so once you say you want to insure yourself for the amount of money, mm-hmm. um, you need to put in a, uh, an application in, and the way it gets assessed, it's it's personal exertion. So even that there's you might have a director that just sits there and receives an income, if they're not personal exertion, did any actually doing anything in the business, they can't be covered. It's more the person that is actually doing the work. They're the ones that would be required to, to give in the details and what they do and things okay, like that. So you can't but, just start paying one party the way, a wage to try and get them income protection. They have to actually demonstrate they're actively involved. Actively in involved, person well. exertion. And, and, and they actually look at um, the underwriters at, at, at the initial application stage. They will actually look at that as well to see. They understand that, you know, sometimes where they mm. put money to different 
partners and things like that. Yeah. What they're really looking at and focusing is more to do with who's actually bringing that income in. Yeah. So next question. Mm-hmm. If you're a trust and you get yeah. a distribution, yeah. can you get income protection? Well, as I was going back to that first step I said, personal exertion. So it's, it's yeah. really come from that person who's actually deriving that income. How do you demonstrate that though? Correct. So it's it's the income that's key, not necessarily it being a wage. Correct. Mm. So, but how do you demonstrate personal exertion though, right? Well, the underwriters will ask that and they'll they'll look at it with regards to say if it's a plumbing business, the example. um, Well, if he's he's bringing an income in, it's not really the wife um, that is actually doing the work. It's, it's, It's just more like, it's more of a tax way of minimizing the tax. Is, is putting through the okay, wire. but what if what if he is the plumber bringing in the income revenue, but she's the one doing all of the administration, the invoicing, the quoting, um, all of that side. So it's a true administrative role, but she's getting a distribution rather than wages. They will look. They will assess it. They'll still look at the, the main person, but then also they will look at her in a different way because if you're doing income protection on her, it's more the administration side. So it's, it's a bit different. Yeah. But generally, yeah. they would look at the main person's bringing the income. That's how they look at it. They'll assess it. Okay, so it's whoever is generating the revenue. It's not the revenue. It's 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 more the the personal exertion. Yeah. Okay, but if yeah. you've got a plumber, I'm, I know I'm harping yeah. on about this, yeah. but it's yeah. confusing. <laughs> like, so for I understand this. So if yeah. it's a bit confusing for me, I can only imagine how confusing it is for people that don't yeah. understand this. So if you're a plumber. Yeah. And you go out to site and you do jobs, whatever yeah. type of plumbing yeah. you do, and your wife or partner, your spouse, mm. does all of the administration, the invoicing, the quoting, the reconciliation of your accounts, your suppliers, yeah. Yeah. that business cannot run without Correct. both of you. Yeah. But one is generating revenue, one is not. Correct, yeah. Okay, so the way they'll look at it, they'll look at him and her. They'll, mm-hmm. they'll look at the, the two parties. Now, what they'll still look at is his personal exertion. The, the admin person can have an income protection policy. It would be mainly to do with her side of the income only, not his side. Right, so she can only insure be- herself. Yeah, yeah. For what but she receives might have been. Or yeah. he. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What they yeah. receive as a wage. Yeah, his, his income. Um, but whereas what you're saying is if the, the plumber can be insured for uh, the revenue amount? That would be, yeah. Potentially. Yeah. yeah. So to put and some these, numbers around it, if they're both it's earning 180000 a year, he might actually get protection for 180000 but hers might be something lesser to Correct. be yeah, more relevant would, to an administrative yeah. wage. That's why I'm actually raising profits. this, right? Yeah. Because you might actually need to insure him for 400000 because Correct. the yeah. total revenue and yeah. she only yeah. gets an insurance policy for yeah. whatever she gets paid. Yeah. Income and, 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 and generally the way I would, you would look at it in another way, you would look at the other parts of the insurance that we talked about, the life of disability and the trauma. Yeah. So you would more like look at that part to to ensure um, than just looking at the income protection side. So next question then, mm-hmm. Trudy may need to answer this one. Yeah. But if you take key man insurance then for the revenue that's generated by the person that's on the tools or mm-hmm. in the sales role, does the business get to write, because it's in the business then, does the business uh, then get to claim that as a tax deduction to the business expenses? And then you could have 
income protection for, say, the plumber at he earns 180 and then the wife at whatever she earns, but the business will still generate the income through a policy to pay out if the key person that generates the revenue isn't able to work. Yes, you see, in an instance where there's a trust, where di- money is distributed to split incomes and reduce tax, that's great from a tax point of view, but it's not great mm. if you want insurance. Mm. No. But to go back to your question, yes, you could do that within your business and that's going to be an expense because it's an insurance around replacing income. Okay. So it would be a deductible expense. If you were to insure things like um, TPD and death, those aren't necessarily deductible because you'd be getting lump sums. It's not about replacing income. It's about compensating for the loss. So it becomes different. But if, yeah, income protection type policies are typically tax deductible to the individual or the business depending on who's taken the policy out. And sometimes depending on the situation and how big the company is, it's mm-hmm. sometimes beneficial to have it in the personal names than rather have it owned by the business because of because of, because of the taxes that may be applicable when they claim time. So it, it's 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 a case by case scenario. Where Depending have, on what Trudy just said about whether it's a lump sum or whether it's um, ongoing revenue remuneration, yeah, it's very right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is why you need a specialised yeah. financial planner yeah. to run through the unique circumstances pertaining to your life and business yeah. and world to make sure that you've got the right cover for your needs. So moving along, because I'm sure we could go around on yeah. circles on that for yeah, hours. <laughs> um, what other factors should people consider when obtaining insurance? Um, well, basically, look at their needs with regards to what they want to cover. That's the, the number one thing. Um, um, we need to look at um, their family history, if, if they can actually get the insurance. So, medical history? Medical history, yeah. So, depending yeah. on the situation, um, clients need to – we need to look at their – so, what I, why I do it is actually do a, a pre uh, – like a pre – sort of like look at their medical situation – and look at their lifestyle and regards to activities or hobbies that they do. So um, you so do that, like a survey, is that what you're yeah, saying? Yeah, pretty much like a little yeah. mini survey. It's only one page. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then that way what I do is, is run through all that and look at the different providers with regards to their, you know, how they mm-hmm. assess a client. Um, so they're the things, that's the number one. You know, number one is look at the, the level of covers that they need. Um, and then number two is look at their family history and things like that. Mm, okay. Yeah. So it's feasible that it might be more difficult to get a policy if you've got a, you know, history of certain illnesses or injuries, depends, yeah, for example. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it, it all one. depends on the medical situation. Yeah. Um, it's, um, they look at family history. So, yeah. um, like, you know, if clients have had, you know, their, their dad's had, or their, their, their dad's or their mum's had heart attacks in the past, um, you know, or cancers and things like that, they look at that, they assess that as a, as a as a, as, a, as a something they look at. Okay, so not just um, your like, history, but they look further afield, like they look at yeah, parents. Especially if, if, especially if their parents have had something to them um, under the age of 65, that's when they start to look at it in a bit more depth. Um, yeah. But generally, like if yourself, they look at your, you know, your, what they call it, the BMI, body mass index, they will they look at your height to weight ratio and how you fit in that regards. Um, the other things they look at is smoker, non-smoker status. So that makes a difference between the prims as well. Um. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Yeah. What about if you were orphaned or adopted? Um, 
I mean, they wouldn't look at that because you would probably wouldn't know, I'd say, I'm assuming. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> Coming exactly. up with all the, all the intense questions today here, yeah, Nick. I've never had spot. one before like that, so then, you know. Okay, you so go. you've never actually come across an adopted person trying to get insurance and what that nah. meant. I just, as you were saying, like, look at family history. Like, I'm well aware that if there's a history of diabetes in your family, for example, you, you know, your sister has had diabetes yeah. or, you know, that then it factors into. It does. It does. Yeah, your assessment and stuff mm. like that. So. Um, yeah. yeah. Okay, cool. So you sort of mentioned it, but the, the health tests or the doctor's assessments that you would need would then depend on what you answered the questions to the survey about, yeah. right? So, yeah. So generally what, what I'll do is give them that survey um, and then before actually applying to the insurance provider with that, I'll actually go through it um, and see where we might have a bit of a hurdle to get the insurance cover that we require. And, and you know, um, so what I'll generally do is um, like I've got access to all the providers. I would send that off to the different providers and get their opinion of it. I wouldn't put their person's name in it. So just sort of like just to get yeah. a, a yeah. feel yeah. how yeah. they feel about the risk. Pre-assessment. Um, and then just yeah, pre-assess that way pretty much. Okay. Yeah. Um, a lot of people already think that they have this type of insurance in their super. Mm-hmm. Do they? Um. Generally, what happens is uh, if you have an industry fund or some sort of super fund, they do have um, an automatic level of cover. So, yes, they do have some sort of cover. But generally, what I find, it's always um, below what they require. Um, so, if you do think you've got insurance through your super, get someone to have a look at it to see exactly what levels of cover you have because I always find it that they don't have enough or they don't have anything. Yeah, I know it's yeah. something that, um, you know, I came across a few years ago now, but I certainly uh, went around to all my friends saying, do you actually have this insurance in your super and you, have you ever looked at the levels that you have? And I know quite a few of my mates actually took that opportunity to make some adjustments because, as you say, they either had not yeah. enough or, or I had a couple that had way too much um, yeah. for what they needed as well. So um, yeah. it's definitely useful to have a look at what your policy is covering because yeah. you're, you're paying for it. It's coming out of your super. So yeah. you should be and, and aware of what you're covered for. Yeah, and, and definitely what you normally have through your super fund, um, it's what they, what we call group cover. So the level of cover is automatic based on your age when you, you set the policy. But what I find is that the premiums that you're paying through your super fund are generally higher than you would normally get through a retail fund. So sometimes it's actually, well, most of the time I should say, um, I find about 20, 30% difference in the premium. So what you might have you through your super fund I generally find a, a, a cheaper policy, um, 20 to 30% cheaper. And also on top of that, I find that um, the benefits and features and the definitions through what I can find for the client is much better as well. That's a substantial savings though, Nick. Mm, like if your mm. service is $4,500 a year, like that's it is know, a lot. $1,000 a it's year a, that you get back it, by taking it out of your super fund into a yeah. retail fund as you call it, yeah. which means you pay for it out of your own pocket though, right, as opposed yeah. to it's not No, not really because you can. I can still attach, say if a client's got an Australian super policy, um, I can still attach that retail insurance policy to the Australian super policy. So the premiums ah. still come out. Yeah. So the premiums still come out the same way. Um, but that's it's, cool. I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. So you can actually, it, you can actually do that. So, um, you know, did one the other day. So Australian super, um, attach a retail product to that Australian super product, uh, have those premiums paid out of the Australian super. Uh, it works out to be 20, 
to 30% off. And on top of that, um, the way you can structure it is you get a 15% rebate on top of that. Um, so you're actually paying it, you know, it can actually end up being 40% difference between what you're paying through Australian Super to another product available as well. So that sounds like a really great option for people that are concerned about having to pay for it out yeah, of pocket. Correct. Yeah, yeah. All their premiums have gone up and not the yeah. realised yeah, that they could actually say, like 40% saving on four and a half grand. Yeah. Like, come on, people, do the maths. Yeah, like, yeah. look at a two there. grand back a year. Yeah. Like, for people that are worried that their policy has gone up 200 bucks a month, yeah. there's your $200 back. Yes, yeah. that's definitely worth looking at, isn't it? Um, mm. Definitely worth at least investigating yeah, I have a look, conversation. Yeah. I mean, yeah, with myself, is I'm happy to just sit down and look at it and um, send an email through and have a look at. So it. you don't charge a fee to just do a quick investigation, though, do you? It takes about thirty minutes no. from just initial chat yeah. um, and basically sit down and look at it, see what the differences, and then basically then come back and just yeah, no fee at all. Yeah, amazing. So, those people that are listening that mm. haven't actually had it checked or don't have a financial planner, if you've got one, go talk to your existing one. Hi there, yeah. Trudy. That's me. <laughs> then you need to just at least flick your stuff across to Nick and see if there's any room to move on it. In the yep. same way that we'd tell you to go get pricing on your home loan, this is the same thing. Have a, a health check done on it yeah, um, and just see if you can save any money. And particularly if you are paying it out of pocket yourself because I've had a few clients lately comment on the fact that their prices <clears> have gone up and and I've said to them, well, go and get it checked. Maybe there's a yeah. better policy or, or a different, cheaper policy out there for you. Well, our final question for today was, is there yep. a way to make this cheaper? Because I know with the rising cost of living and everything going up, we're all looking at our stuff. Well, we all should be looking at our stuff to see where we can save money. Mm-hmm. One thing when you and I um, caught up in Melbourne recently was to, um, you mentioned around potentially looking at the CPI growth in what they insure you for, yeah. whether or not you need that extra yeah, cover yeah, and definitely. therefore not paying for it. Yeah. Um, having your policy, yeah. I suppose, it, it's not re-rated, but it's what revalued to the amount that it's insured for. Exactly, right yeah. So, in, in other words, what we're talking about, another client of mine. So, um, he was insured for, say, a million dollars um, with regards to CPI, with inflation figures that are coming out like 5 7%. So, what happens is the insurance provider automatically increases the level of cover, say, for $1 million you know, dollars to one million, you know, it's and seventy thousand dollars now because of mm. the inflation increases. Seven percent CPI increase. Yeah, yeah. So exactly, exactly. So um, reviewing the levels of cover. Um, I so find some- you. So what you're saying is like, so you'd have a million and seventy dollars, but you may only actually need a million. Correct. So you could ditch the seventy thousand off the policy, and that would reduce the cost of the policy. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And it would reduce yeah. by seven percent. So, and then sometimes that million dollars, if you haven't reviewed it for a while, um, you may want to look at reducing the level of cover. You might need only need, you know, your, your kids might have gone, your debts might have increased, de- decreased, I should say, uh, <laughs> <laughs> decreased. Yeah. Um, and based on that, yeah, you may not need that. Million, yeah. yeah, you know, with that client, exact, give an example. That client, he sold his property and he had a, a large debt. Now he's reduced his debt. So he, does he really really need that million dollars? No, not really. Mm-hmm. So let's look at reducing that level of cover. Yeah, yeah, yeah amazing. And, and, yeah, and another thing I find is, um, well, I found this is another good example. Like last week, I found another client that he set up his insurance um, through one of those. Um, he, he saw an advert on TV. Um, he set it up the, the new policy, 
and, and to give an example with him, yeah, the policy is not as good as the policies I can give him, but the way it was structured where um, he was paying for this life insurance policy, say it was 800 bucks a year for this life cover that he's got, but he was actually paying it through his own pocket where the way I could structure it now is through super and the contribution, the premiums that he pays for 800 bucks a year now is going to be fully tax deductible to his name. So that, that's another way of actually structuring it as well. So it's all, it's all about, um, you know, there's three things I always look at, you know, look at structure inside super, outside super, look at the definitions and definitely I'll look at the price. They're the three things that I always look at with regards to reviewing insurances. So they're your top three tips then, aren't they? Mm, yeah, to pretty how much. to structure it moving forward. So if people want to re- reach out to you, Nick, how's the easiest way? Pick up the phone, give you a call? What do yeah, you like? give me a call. Um, definitely give me a call. If you're welcome to give me a call or email or drop a – there's also through my website as well. You can yeah. book on a time with me as well. Yeah, book definitely. a time. Okay, so yeah. you can book straight into your calendar. Yeah, definitely. Amazing. And you are on Instagram as well and Facebook. Yeah. So if people just want to follow you, they can check you out there. Definitely. Two, um, and Nick will be present at our event on the fifth of May. Definitely. Um, if anybody wants to come and chat with him personally, so I think that's probably it. Trudy, do you have any yeah. final questions? No, or no final words. That was great. Yeah, no, and like time flies so quickly when you're talking about <laughs> these type of topics. So. Listen in for next week. We have two more episodes till the end of the season and then we are done for a little while. Um, I think you'll really appreciate our final episode of the year. So you'll have to tune in to see who it is. Um, Talk to you all soon. Thanks for having me again. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Financial Fofu. We really appreciate you tuning in and hope that you have subscribed to our channel. I just wanted to let you all know that the information and material in our podcast and any supplementary and associated information available is for general purposes only. It should not be taken as constituting professional advice from us, the podcast owners and our special guests. And we recommend that you seek independent, suitable advice that is specific for your unique circumstances. Thanks for tuning in. Hope to see you next week. Please, please, please send us, um, use our link and send us any requests or any feedback. We'd really appreciate it. Cheers.